Greetings, I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. Welcome. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now, if we choose to. It can be difficult, that is for sure, thanks to the purveyors of propaganda who indoctrinate us endlessly and who have used the media so effectively in accord with the battle plan for such subversion, courtesy of socialism, as used so, to such good effect, used so skillfully and deliberately, premeditatedly by the communists and the fascists and the Islamo-fascists. I imagine that there is nobody who has not seen or heard of the plight of the two-year-old girl who was taken from her mother here in the United States of America, down on the border of Texas. Purportedly, (laughs) in point of fact, she was not taken from her mother. But it was made to look that way. And there was a photographer who did a ride-along with the Border Patrol. This photographer from Getty is named John Moore. He joined Border Patrol agent Carlos Ruiz for an approximately nine-hour-long ride-along on the border. And he was mere feet away from Sandra Sanchez and her daughter when this took place. Now, mind you, as you find pervading all of journalism, when things take place that are known to have taken place, undeniably, verifiably have taken place, they report them as being alleged. Okay? So... Border Patrol agent Carlos Ruiz was the first to encounter Sandra Sanchez and her two-year-old daughter after they allegedly crossed the Rio Grande River into Texas illegally. Allegedly. Quote, we asked her to set the kid down in front of her, not away from her. She was right in front of her so we can properly search the mother. End quote. He goes on to say, quote, so the kid immediately started crying as she set her down. I personally went up to the mother and asked her, are you doing okay? Is the kid okay? And she said, yes, she's tired and thirsty. It's 11 o'clock at night. End quote. Well, John Moore, the Getty photographer, he took this photo. And he knew it was going to be important. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) He's been around the block enough times. He knew this photograph was going to be important. This photograph of this little girl, which very carefully, deliberately, 
selectively shows the little girl and not the mother. Yes, he knew it would be powerful. Well, Ruiz said the following, quote, they're using it to symbolize a policy, and that was not the case in this picture. It took less than two minutes. As soon as the search was finished, she immediately picked the girl up, and the girl immediately stopped crying, end quote. Yes, here he refers to her as the girl. Previously, he repeatedly referred to her as the kid, uh, just like in the movies and TV and everything. Little children, toddlers, <laughs> are referred to as kids routinely, wrongly. But, again, this is a case of a narrative being created. Those who received this photo, they had journalistic responsibility to make sure that it was not exploited, manipulated, used improperly and dishonestly, intellectually, dishonestly, to paint a picture of something that was not the case. But they all deliberately used it to put forward their narrative for their agenda. Now, this is not to say that our immigration policy is what it should be. As I have said time and time and time again, our immigration policy is a mess. It is a horrible mess, courtesy of political leaders who are devoid of godly wisdom because they are devoid of the tiniest amount of fear of the Lord, which is a prerequisite to receive even the tiniest modicum of a beginning of godly wisdom. If we were going to have a godly immigration policy, it would need to go back not to sinful men and women, but back to God's immigration policy for ancient Israel. Ancient Israel, which was a nation that was supposed to function without monarchs, without democracies, under what you might call a theocracy. So maybe some Islamist regime comes to mind. No, no. This was a matter of being answerable and accountable to the holy, righteous, honorable, noble God, the one true God and his Christ, instead of sinful, carnal, exploitative, predatory men and women. But Israel would have none of that. They insisted on following the lead of the heathens, the pagans around them, and selecting kings who would lead them to destruction. Well, Dennis Javier Varela Hernandez, the husband of Sandra Sanchez, the father of the little girl, 
Yanela Denise. He said the following. They're together and they're safe. He said that his wife and daughter were never separated by border control agents and they remained together. But, again, the narrative is that of the leftists, the socialists in this nation, and behind the scenes who are located in this nation and outside of this nation. Socialists who enjoyed a wonderful victory (laughs) this past Tuesday in New York. But see, the damage done, there are not going to be any retractions. And if there were retractions, what would they retract? And it would be on the back page and nobody would see it. The damage is done. They accomplished their mission. But again, back to immigration policy and what it should be. Back to what God's immigration policy was. It was that any people that wanted to come into the land who would obey the laws of the land, which were God's laws, were free to do so and would enjoy the fruits, the benefits of that nation, would be free to live and work and prosper and enjoy Peace and prosperity, which we hear so much about peace and prosperity, actual peace and prosperity, but only insofar as they were willing to honor, worship, and obey God. Only insofar as they were willing to do what the people of Israel were required to do. But what their kings led them away from what they were unwilling to do, what they rebelled against doing and suffered ever so greatly as a result thereof. But here in this nation and in other nations, the immigration policies are foolish, blind, ignorant, biased, prejudiced, ungodly, unrighteous, unjust. That's the way they are, not because of the Republicans, but because of the Democrats and Republicans. No politicians have less of an excuse in this regard than the likes of John McCain and George W. Bush and Jeb Bush. None. None have less of an excuse than they do. Why is that? Well, Senator John McCain, who, whom I actually respect because of what he did during the Vietnam War, what he went through, how he comported himself, and so forth, as I have respect 
for Ronald Reagan, President, former President, late President Ronald Reagan, have respect for him more than any president here in recent times. And yet at the same time, I have considerable criticisms of. Well, John McCain representing Arizona with this large, large border with Mexico, a state which next to Texas <laughs> in California, in between California and Texas and adjacent to next door to New Mexico, has been right in the heart of the immigration quandary, issue, problem on the border, the illegal immigration and the human smuggling and the drug smuggling and what have you. And dear Senator McCain, a highly respected, regarded, honored, influential, powerful U.S. Senator for so long, absolutely utterly, totally failed to effectively address the immigration situation and even to attempt to. And so to George W. Bush and so to Jeb Bush, to name a few. And those are Republicans, right? And even though George W. cast himself as being a conservative, the point in truth, is that he's a centrist Republican and his father, East Coast Republican. But they utterly failed, as did the likes of Mo Udall of New Mexico. And I get Mo and I believe it's his, his, his brother confused as far as between New Mexico and Colorado. And then, of course, all of our wonderful politicians from California who have just served this nation so wonderfully for so long. Yes, the likes of Dianne Feinstein and formerly, of course, her cohort, uh, who now has been replaced by Kamala Harris, but Barbara Boxer previously, and so many others. Those who are right at the forefront of the immigration monstrosity (laughs) that we've had beset this nation and have done nothing to resolve it, to solve it. Those on the left, the Democrats and some of them wearing... Uh, the clothing of libertarians, perchance, and definitely of the socialists, they have their solution, and their solution is for just rampant, wide-open, unfettered, unhindered immigration. Akin to what has happened in Europe, where all of the European nations, including up into Scandinavia and the U.K., are in extreme danger now from Islamist terrorism, courtesy of their immigration policies or lack thereof. 
But if we were going to have good and godly immigration policies, they would not center around arbitrary numbers. They would not be focused on how much a given person supposedly has to offer to this nation in the way of education, talents, skills, and accumulated wealth, but rather they would be focused on, is this an honorable, godly, peaceful, law-abiding person who will honor the laws of this land? The unfortunate issue there is, of course, that our laws have become so dishonorable Regardless how many disagree with me on that, our justice system is so unjust. Our laws are so unjust and unrighteous. Our rules and regulations, which have reached epidemic proportions. But instead of that, the focus is on these other things. A godly immigration policy would exclude not political prisoners, but criminals, violent criminals. They would be excluded. But the way our borders are, there is very little impediment to the worst of the worst of criminals and terrorists. There is much more impediment for the likes of Sandra Sanchez with her little girl. but not for hardened criminals, not for terrorists. Some of whom make a profitable practice of smuggling people into this nation or taking money from them and then murdering them in the desert or leaving them in the desert to die. But a godly immigration policy would first and foremost absolutely prohibit the worst of the worst from entering this nation. And then, if they entered this nation or proved themselves to be the worst of the worst after having entered this nation by committing heinous crimes here, whether against United States citizens or whether against other illegal immigrants or what have you, or those with green cards, they would be executed. They would not be sent back to Mexico or to Central America or to South America. They would not pass go. No. They would not be extradited elsewhere to be tried. They would be punished here. They would be put to death here for their crimes of murders, of kidnap, rape, murder, prostitution, and so forth. When I say prostitution, I'm talking about kidnapping, raping, enslaving, prostituting girls and young women. I'm not talking about girls who have been forced into prostitution. I'm talking about the pimps who are so glorified and honored through so-called rap music 
and so-called hip-hop music from our ghetto so-called culture here in the United States of America. But no, we're wiser than that. We catch some of these illegal aliens who have committed vicious crimes here, and we deport them. Wow, that away, Mr. President. Don't you remember our President Trump crowing about that during State of the Union address as an example of how tough he was going to be <laughs> on the bad guys? We catch them, you know, these MS-13 members and so forth, committing these vicious, heinous crimes against some teenage American girls. We will deport them. Wow. Great job, Mr. President. Outstanding. The kind of man that made America great. But our government, our Senate, our Congress are awash with men and women no more godly nor honorable than our president and who have worse agendas. Significantly worse agendas. And speaking of agendas, the agenda of the left, of the left and the more extremely left or more brazenly left, I should say. Here this past Tuesday, there were a number of remarkable developments. One was the successful campaign of a 28-year-old young woman, lovely young woman, who succeeded in taking down perhaps the second most powerful Democrat member of the House of Representatives. And this young woman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, That may be a mispronunciation, could be Ocasio or Ocasio, but for purposes of this program, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. In this battle for the Democrat primary, in this precinct in the Bronx and Queens in New York City, she took down Joseph Crowley, 10-term Representative who had not even been challenged in the primary for 14 years, for seven terms, and who believed it was his turf and that he was beyond being effectively challenged, arrogant, smug, power-happy, political hack of the worst sort as far as I'm concerned. But Alexandria, a Latina Bronx native who was tending bar a year ago and who got involved with the Bernie Sanders campaign and was a campaign organizer and a community organizer, a la, you know, a former president who shall remain nameless. She campaigned with a comparatively small amount of money, what's considered a tiny amount of money, (laughs) $300,000. I don't consider that a tiny amount of money, but, but comparatively it was. 
And uh, Joe Crowley, in fact, only expended 3300000 but he thought it was in the bag. You know, he's got a lock on this. 3300000 may sound very substantial indeed, but when you consider the amounts of money that are expended on political contests across the nation, that is even a small amount, let alone in New York City, where media is so expensive, media advertising. But anyway... Dear Joe is not going to be taking the place of uh, Nancy Pelosi anytime soon. (laughs) His plans are derailed by this young woman whose principal campaign asset was a viral campaign ad produced by a couple Detroit-based Democratic Socialist for America activists. And I've seen it listed as Democratic Socialist for America or Democratic Socialists of America. Take your pick. They're socialists. But hey, the Democrat Party is socialist. And guess what? The United States government is socialist. It's all a matter of degree. Just as we are a step or two behind Canada and behind the UK and behind the continent of Europe in terms of our socialism. But that doesn't mean we're not getting there, you know? No, unfortunately, we are getting there. So what was her platform? Her th- the three biggest planks of her platform are as follows. This platform allegedly being a boldly progressive platform. <laughs> kind of love it. But Medicare for all, the first plank that I will mention, and the second being a federal jobs guarantee, and the third being abolishing ICE, the Immigration and Customs Enforcement Agency. So Medicare for all, ultimately, what will that mean? That will mean Medicare for all in America absolutely including all illegal aliens, undocumented workers. And that Medicare for all, it's not only including all of these peoples, but regardless of age. Okay. A federal jobs guarantee, again, ultimately including all people in the United States of America, including undocumented workers, illegal aliens. And abolishing ICE, absolutely eliminating all restrictions on illegal immigration. That's her platform. Oh, there's much more to it. You know, there's all from the extreme left. But this is what this young woman ran on. And she was elected handily, elected to the nomination. Okay, so she has not become a United States member of Congress yet. But here in New York City, not that I'm there, but here in New York City and in the surrounding boroughs and what have you, it is absolutely staunch Democrat. Upstate New York, Buffalo, Rochester, maybe Schenectady, Ithaca, so forth. Then Maybe in some of these places you can get away with being Republican or even being a conservative independent or, you know, (laughs) who knows. But New York City, no. New York City, 
Democrat, leftist, socialist. That's what works there. So she is not merely uh, the nominee. She will be the new member of Congress from that precinct. It's an exciting prospect. But I do not shed any tears for dear old Joe Crowley. He was horrible. He <laughs> stands for everything oh, that is in concert with the destruction of the United States of America, in my view. So we have lost a great one there in Joe. What a pity. But... A quote from Ocasio-Cortez is as follows, quote, We beat a machine with a movement, and that is what we have done today. Working-class Americans want a clear champion, and there is nothing radical about moral clarity in 2018. Well, yes, she did beat a machine. She's right about that, the Democrat Party machine. As far as working-class Americans know her constituents are working-class Americans and undocumented workers, heavily, (laughs) and undocumented non-workers, all right, and, 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 and. They want a clear champion. Yes, they want someone who will promise them all of the goodies, that they will redistribute the wealth of America to them. We'll give it to them. That's what they want. And that's what she's promising. Oh, there's nothing radical about moral clarity. Well, there is about immoral clarity. There's nothing moral about this. But she's a young woman to watch, meaning expect bigger things from her in the future. She's extremely confident, assertive, aggressive, ambitious. And I have no doubt that uh, if this nation continues, uh, that she will succeed fabulously with regard to attaining greater political power and influence and what have you. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. And whatever is right or good or true in this program is thanks to God Almighty and His Christ Jesus. And whatever is wrong, (laughs) lacking, failing in this program is due to me, is my fault. But speaking of Miss Ocasio-Cortez, this matter of championing the downtrodden illegal aliens and undocumented workers and such <laughs> and so many other others who are officially Americans who were born here are American citizens but are a detriment to society so many who are um She should have front 
and center foremost in her thinking, doing something to eliminate, to alleviate problems of the like, which I'm going to refer to now. I mentioned it before, William Wirt Middle School in Riverdale, Maryland, 10 miles outside the Beltway, north of Washington, D.C., a junior high school that is being terrorized by MS-13 members. Vicious, ruthless, murderous thugs in the junior high school. This junior high school is overwhelmingly Hispanic. Ms. Cortez. And MS-13 is growing their ranks by targeting students recently arrived from Central America. Administrators staunchly deny that there's any gang problem. But meanwhile, many teachers are so afraid that they refuse to be left alone with their students. Let that sink in, right? Many teachers are so terrified they refuse to be left alone with their students in a junior high school. Many also said that they had repeatedly reported incidents involving these gang members to administrators only to be ignored. Quote, teachers feel threatened but aren't backed up. Students feel threatened and are threatened but aren't protected. The school is a ticking time bomb, Miss Cortez. Now, no, that's not in the Bronx, New York. That's not in Queens, New York. That's outside of your new home, Washington, D.C. I'm sure you have a solution for it. Indeed, she does. Unlimited immigration into the United States by the worst of the worst of the worst from Mexico, from Central America, from South America, from the Middle East. And then placating them by giving them the riches of Americans and America. Well, a brother in arms here for Miss Cortez, the mayor of Stockton, California, Michael Tubbs, He is going to offer a no-strings-attached, guaranteed basic income of a mere $500 a month to residents, to all residents, in an effort to combat poverty in the city. Mm -hmm. To all residents who, you know, meet their criteria, They will be provided with a monthly stipend of $500 a month as part of an 18-month, one-and-a-half-year experiment. And should this continue, it can be done with 
the following. A 50% tax rate on income and capital gains for those people who earn over $250,000 annually. So think about this for a minute. A 50% tax rate on income and capital gains. Is that federal? No, that's state. That's a state tax (laughs) applied to these extremely wealthy people. You know, small business people (laughs) who are working, oh, I don't know, 100 hours a week. But hey, they earn over $250,000 annually. We slap on a state tax on income and capital gains of 50% to subsidize all of these people that we want to subsidize. If it's going to take that huge a chunk of money, of taxes, there in the Stockton area, what is it going to take to provide Medicare for all people in the United States of America, all those coming into the United States of America illegally, all of those who have, and all of their children, and all of their toddlers, and all of their babies, what is it going to take, Ms. Cortez, to do that? And to have a guaranteed jobs program? Well, maybe the elimination of ICE will take care of it, right? (laughs) Uh, Anyway, good things in store for this nation. Meanwhile, on Tuesday, the day that Ms. Cortez achieved this signal victory over the uh, terrible, (laughs) the terrible Joe Crowley, Uh, but uh, the entrenched powers of the Democrat Party, because it wasn't just a victory over Joe Crowley. It was a victory over the Democrat Party machine. I mean, it really is a significant victory. And what it foretells is much more of the same coming down the pike. Immediately after the election of Donald Trump, the Democrat Party went into absolute deep crisis mode with regard to what do we do? What can we do? We have to reinvent ourselves. No, not to change their beliefs, (laughs) not to change their agenda, but but to repackage it, to market it differently, to lie to the people. It wasn't a matter of now we're going to serve all of these constituents whom we have been using, exploiting for all of these decades and so on and so forth. And lying and having them wrapped around our finger and enslaving them politically, especially certain racial segments of America, such as the so-called black demographic. But how do we position ourselves? How do we communicate Effectively so that we can reestablish our prominence and our dominance. And here now, 
Now the socialists of the socialists, the Bernie Sanders wing of the party, they may be taking over the party. Anyway, it's something to look forward to. But again, on Tuesday, what else took place? Well, Queen Elizabeth, fresh from Royal Ascot, Queen Elizabeth II, she gave her approval to the Brexit legislation. That's right. Two full years after the majority in Britain voted for the UK to exit the European Union, this European Union Withdrawal Act 2018 is going into effect. The House Commons Speaker John Burko announced the European Union Withdrawal Bill received royal assent and passed into law. Now, while it's true that the royal family, especially the queen, but the royal family serves in a ceremonial capacity and is incredibly well paid for it, (laughs) well compensated, uh, there are certain duties, if you will, And here was one where the queen needed to sign off on this. And she did. Quote, I have to notify the House in accordance with the Royal Assent Act 1967 that Her Majesty has signified her royal assent to the following acts. European Union Withdrawal Act 2018. So that's exciting. Two years after the fact, despite everything that those opposed to this exit from the European Union have done to to undermine this, stop this, overthrow this, recant it. It's going forward. John Brennan, do you remember John Brennan? Dear John Brennan, former CIA director who converted to Islam while he was stationed in Saudi Arabia, I believe. Well, dear old John, He wrote an op-ed in which he referred to the following, to our president's lack of integrity. He said that he will continue to criticize the president until integrity returns to the White House. That's right, until integrity returns to the to the White House. And he referred to the president's decision to pull out of the Iran nuclear agreement as madness. <laughs> madness. I wonder what he thinks of uh, <laughs> the president's powwow with, uh, with Kim Jong-un. But anyway, uh, here this, this fine public servant who was director that is head honcho of the Central Intelligence Agency from March 2013 through January 2017 under the aforementioned Barack Hussein Obama president, past. It's so great when we have people like this putting the absolute highest, most powerful, most sensitive positions that affects the security of the nation 
and the lives of multitudes of people stationed overseas, as well as our armed forces, but I'm referring to CIA personnel and other intelligence personnel, to have this Muslim, this Islamist, who claims he is not partisan, he has never been partisan, he will never be partisan, and in a sense, there is a portion of that that may be true, namely, that since he became a Muslim, a champion of Islam, a servant of the false prophet Muhammad and his God, his demigod, Satan, who goes by the name of Allah, since that happened, of course, while he may be a card-carrying Democrat or whatever, his ultimate allegiance loyalty, it's not to party any more than it is to the United States of America. It is instead to Islam and Islam's ultimate objective of worldwide hegemony or domination, enslavement, and destruction. That's whom John Brennan answers to. Meanwhile, the United States Supreme Court, interestingly, upheld the president's travel ban with regard to travel by foreign visitors and immigrants from six Muslim majority countries, so-called. That is, Islamist terrorized nations. Islamist enslaved nations. Yes. But this is despite uh, John Brennan's (laughs) protestations. You know, it's interesting that John has such a high regard and view of the integrity of the Barack Hussein Obama administration. Barack Hussein Obama, who promised that his administration would be the most transparent administration there had ever been. The most transparent, the most honest and upfront, the most accountable. And instead, it was the least in every regard. Um, But it's similar to, of course, uh, promises by Bill Clinton and his twofer, Hillary Rodham Clinton, and his veep, Albert Arnold Gore Jr. Meanwhile, Wednesday, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled against unions extracting fees from non-members, which they then use to finance the campaigns of political leftists, which they've been doing for so long. Well, finally, the U.S. Supreme Court stood against that, interestingly enough, and again by a 5-4 vote, the same as with regard to the travel ban. And the travel ban was actually three different travel bans. The president kept dialing it back, dialing it back to, <laughs> to pass muster, to, to overcome the objections regarding it. So, but this 5-4 decision 
making apparatus here. What it amounts to, it is the so-called conservative five and the so-called liberal four. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, uh, both of those decisions by that same majority, slim majority, but thank goodness for the majority. And I'm... Imagine that you saw this about our president, that he is now calling for the United States of America to create, to establish a sixth branch of the military dubbed by our president a space force. Not an air force, but a space force. You know, a little bit reminiscent of Ronald Reagan's program. In the heavens, which was designed, intended, fashioned to protect this nation from nuclear annihilation, but which was dubbed Star Wars by his detractors, his multitudes of detractors. And, uh, but here, going to have a space force. And he says the following quote Our destiny beyond the earth. Our destiny beyond the earth is not only a matter of national identity, but a matter of national security, end quote. But he says, our destiny beyond the earth. Fascinating. And then he comes along to say the following, quote, when it comes to defending America, it is not enough to merely have an American presence in space. We must have American dominance in space, end quote. Mm. The kind of dominance that he uh, furthered by his uh, powwow with Kim, right? (laughs) With Kim Young, where he gave everything to appease Kim and he received nothing in exchange. Meanwhile, following on the footsteps of that magnificent achievement, which, of course, should secure him the Nobel Peace Prize, and which he, in fact, alluded to very shortly before that, summit very shortly. Here we're going to have another summit, but this one with Vladimir Putin. Why not? Why not? Is what I say. So Moscow and Washington, they've agreed, you know, the Kremlin and the White House have agreed Presidents Vladimir Putin and Donald Trump will be meeting very soon. And uh, according to the Kremlin foreign policy aide, Yuri Ushkakov, He said that the summit would again, like the Kim summit, take place in a third country, neutral territory, you know, and that several weeks were needed for preparations. And if those preparations are just with regard to the logistics on the ground, it's not preparations for the president. It's not for the president to prepare himself for this negotiation because the president doesn't believe in that. And he boasted of not preparing for his fabulous negotiations with Kim. And uh, so this address, uh, this statement from Ushakov was after Putin held talks with uh, National Security Advisor John Bolton in the Kremlin. Something exciting to look forward to. Speaking of Kim and these masterful negotiations by our president... Interestingly enough, satellite imagery shows that North Korea 
is upgrading their nuclear research facility. That's correct. They're upgrading it. They are engaged hurriedly in adding to the construction of the Yongbyon Nuclear Scientific Research Center. Uh, These improvements, they include a new cooling water pump house, multiple new buildings, that is multiple new buildings, completed construction on a cooling water reservoir, and an active radiochemical laboratory. (laughs) Oh, but our president, he sure knows how to do it, doesn't he? I mean, just magnificent. You know, his very special bond with Kim. You know, and Kim reaffirmed the same commitments to denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula that North Korea repeatedly made going back to 1992. But, yes, Trump, he's masterful, masterful. I'm Brad Thomas, and this is After All is Said and Done. After all is said and done, then we will know, won't we? But perhaps we can know now if we choose to. Thank you.